So, question. Yeah. Ho- Holiday-related question, I suppose. Oh, yeah, we should probably talk about that. <laughs> if you have an item that... Uh, it, there's not really a real deadline on it or anything. It doesn't matter. Um, but if you ordered an item and it's from Etsy, so it's a small shop, like not a corporation. Yeah. At what point they haven't shipped or anything... At what point do you contact them? Oh, how many days? I would do it pretty, pretty, um, pretty much within the confines of like three days. If you give them the order, okay. you give them the payment, and they don't send you a message. Like the thing about Etsy that I love is the fact that everybody on there is so communicative. So, right. I recently supported uh, one of the, the local burlesque performers and ordered something from her Etsy store, and immediately, like. She came back and said, thank you so much for the order. I'm going to mail it out tomorrow, you know? Right. Especially now. I, I know some Etsy stores are super busy because people want to, if they can't be there in person, they want to give that personal touch. Right. But, yeah, I mean, you still have to be a uh, dependable shopkeep and update your patron. Right, right. So I ordered this on Sunday okay. night, mm-hmm. and there's no update or anything for it. So wow. I'm thinking... Like, I'm going to give, like, till tomorrow kind of thing. And if they don't give me any sort of update, I think it's because of, like, it's a little bit more pricey of an item. Okay. Not, like, super expensive, but I don't know. I'm just like, oh, no, please actually work. And they're well-reviewed, though. So okay. I think it, they're probably just overwhelmed. I don't know. Yeah, it's possible. Like, I told you, I think the last um, thing that I ordered from an Etsy shop that was a little bit more... Uh, active was that I, I, I think I told you I, I got sent a uh, that Black Panther uh, ring from Civil yes. War. Yeah. Yes. So Bat Jeepster is the uh, the ring maker that does all these comic related rings and stuff like that. And I mentioned that I mm-hmm. really liked it and you know how broken up I was about uh, losing Chadwick this year and everything. Right. He sent it to me and it got here in three days. Like. I think he's out of like California as well. That's crazy. But yeah. I've I've had some bad uh, interactions with people on Etsy as well. I mean, it's not a hundred percent you know dependable as I'd like it to be. But mm-hmm. um, I had a situation where I, I ordered uh, a, a sigil from this anime that I really love, Full Metal Full Metal Alchemist. Yes, I've heard of that. Yeah, and it, it's basically just like. Um, what is it called? I forget what the actual symbol is called, but it it looks like a cross with a snake wrapped around it and a crown on top. And it was supposed to be like a chain that I could wear. And the uh, the Etsy seller shipped it in a regular envelope. No padding, no tape around it, oh. nothing like that. And so I didn't get it. It I got the envelope, but there's a big hole in the envelope, right? So I contact the girl. Oh. And I'm letting her know, like, hey, uh, I didn't get this item. And she goes, oh, well, it shows it, del- it was delivered. And I'm like, look, I'm not trying to scam you or anything. It's a $5 thing that I just kind of wanted to wear to conventions and stuff just right. to have a good time. So please understand, like, I'm not trying to scam you, but you sent it in a regular envelope, dude. What, What is this? And I escalated, 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 and I got zero help from Etsy. Uh, and it was, it was simply because yeah. she showed that it was delivered. I sent the picture through and that kind of bit, that might have been my demise too, that I actually acknowledged that I got the envelope, but I, right. That I, wasn't the, the point. Right. Like, 
Like, I showed the envelope, I showed the hole in the bottom, and they're just like, oh, well, you, you got the envelope, you must have got the item. Like, no, Etsy. The- <laughs> yeah. Well, the good news about this shop is I actually, now that we're discussing it, I just was looking in this uh, into this, and, like, as of, like, December 16th, mm-hmm. they're getting reviews, uh, like, that are all positive. Well, so, like, good. the shop, I, I have a feeling it's just a weird delay within the shop because all of the reviews are really really good but it's coming from ireland too oh yeah that's okay yeah that's that's a whole different can of worms there um i got i just i would have thought that uh that like i would have gotten a notification about it by now that's the part that i'm a little bit concerned about and i think it's it's fair to follow up it's not asking too much you know just to be like hey i just want to find out my anticipation should i be expecting this before christmas or not you know, yeah. that's a fair, yeah. that's a fair question to ask. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't anticipate it will be here before Christmas. I don't yeah. think so. Hopefully, I think it'll be after. I mean, you never know, but hopefully. <laughs> oh, I don't care. It's for me. Oh, well that too. Okay. <laughs> Did I not clarify that? No, I don't think. <laughs> <It's> my... <laughs> I might've missed that part. It's from my dad. Like he, he bought this for me as a gift, but mm. like. He had me specifically pick it out, kind of thing, gotcha. so that I would uh, know, like, get exactly what I want because it's a piece of jewelry. Uh, it's a necklace, and I don't. I'm not big on jewelry. I don't wear a lot of jewelry. I have like one ring that I wear all the time. That was also a gift from him. Okay. Um, and that's it, like, pretty much. So, I'm very picky about those things. So he was like, "Okay, yeah, like you've talked about this particular thing." I'm going to buy you this pendant, pick one out. And so I was like, oh, sweet. And now I'm like, I want it. (laughs) (laughs) I want the thing. But yeah, it's not like I'm, and even if it was for someone else or it was a surprise for me or whatever, like even in that scenario, who cares this year, especially like who cares any year, but you know, (laughs) look, I mean, all right. So my mindset is this. I, there are people who, Normally, I would go out of my way to get a gift for in person or whatever, even delivering it. I mean, at this time, at this time in our in our human history with FedEx so preoccupied with delivering these these covid vaccines. Oh, yeah. Who cares, man? I'm fine. Like, really, whatever people are sending my way or if I'm trying to get something to a place in a certain point in time, folks are going to have to understand this is not the oh, priority same. of life Absolutely. right now. Especially, especially if you're shipping through the post office. Like, they are dealing with so many issues yeah. with, like, their finances being crunched. And then the postal workers are essential workers going through so much bullshit. It like, really is a shame. Yeah. It really is a shame. I mean, and, you know, I, I have issues with, with the post office, with my local post office. And I've had these issues yeah, for I years. Yeah, I think they're really run poorly because mine is great. Like, I, I really think it depends <laughs> on your particular, like, how is the person, the people in your area, how are they running your post office? Well, I that's what I was going to say. Like, it's, it's a matter of just, like, I've had issues with them in the past. But I can't imagine like, somebody basically taking away different functions that you need to be able to do your job properly in the best scenario. And then, you know, for people, look, everybody you meet is pissed off at you. Okay. Um, like the situation at at my place now is we haven't gotten regular USPS mail for like five days and shit. Yeah. 
And after the election, it's like, okay, what's going on? But you got to remember that the joy fucking villain is still, you know, got his thumb on the pocketbook and he had them destroy all the mail sorters. And of course, that's the big thing. The mail sorters. Yeah. They they took those out or shut them down or whatever. And it's like the busiest time of the year. Right, right, right. I'm not saying that like everybody is, you know, their nose is clean or whatever. But in this particular case, I can't be pissed as I normally would be (laughs) at the USPS. I'm giving them a pass is what I'm saying, you know? Totally agreed. Yeah. I'm still getting regular mail, but it's definitely delayed. Mm-hmm. Like um, I was sent a two day priority package or whatever, and it, it got here like a week later. Yeah. I was like, why? <laughs> I kind of wanted to ask, but I didn't. I was like, why did you pay for this priority? Like, first of all, who cares? Like, you know, I, I didn't pay for priority. Like, it wasn't from a shop or something like that. Why are you worried about sending it that way? But yeah, whatever. Yeah. So they got a lot of stress going on. I, I'm I'm totally understanding of that. And, yeah, yeah. With, with the FedEx thing, it's like, really, if if I can choose, I wish there was a way. Are they the specific ones delivering these? They're the FedEx? face of it. Like, I know they had the guy uh, who has FedEx on. Um, Christ, it's like Gatorade. I don't like this being sponsored. Me neither. But he was on the Today <laughs> Show a couple days ago, and he's like talking about how how honored he is to be able to carry out the first doses of the uh, the COVID vaccine. And then his, his feed was cut. <laughs> like, it just got interrupted. I'm like, that sucks, man. This is your big moment to give your big, you know, God bless America speech. And all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, what? no, this is such a bad thing for him. Oh, it was, it was awful. Like, why is he on this? Whatever. Yeah. Who cares? Well, I mean, this Today Show likes to do feel good stories, too. So, like, they'll go oh, sometimes I to a. I totally uh, understand that. I just am like, why would the the guy running FedEx be the feel good story? Yeah. Why <laughs> wouldn't be like a FedEx worker or some? I don't know. Like, well, I feel yeah. like there are plenty of uh, front lines people that you could interview in different scenarios. Sure. Like grocers and I, i'm sure they've already done that i don't know whatever and i and it even might be a, a case of like all right we so rarely get to give people good news via fedex uh, yes <laughs> you know let's yeah. let's let's take this one guys you know i know but wouldn't <laughs> it look so much better from a pr perspective if you could have like the driver that drove that vaccine to that location or whatever yeah, yeah. like wouldn't that look like real FedEx. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, with the shorts on and everything. <laughs> just go in there like, yes. Here they are. The first yep. doses of the cure. The vaccine, rather. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, um, these are supposed to stay cold. I, I probably should get these in. I'll see you later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So vaccines being uh, being given to people now. Amazing. Amazing. Fine workers, uh, people who are high risk. The, that's the right. right now i'm glad it's happening and the internet is only mildly paranoid about it which is a relief you know um i've we seen talked about that last week where there's like there's some normal like apprehension about it yeah i'm not even talking about the normal apprehension i'm talking about the the conspiracy apprehension you know oh yeah like they're injecting uh what is it what did they say it was a microchip or something microchips and metals and and chlorine and all kind of other shit inside of us that we don't know about. And of course, chloroform. you know, <laughs> can't get COVID if you're dead. Huh? Huh? No, um, they keep coming back with this meme. It's like 
the one half of the people are going, uh, you know, vaccine is awful. You don't know what's in it. And that same group of people is like, the McRib is back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so accurate. Yes. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I mean, I we talked about this last, last week. I understand the fear or the, the kind of wanting to wait because, like, it's been done fast or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, I, I don't know. I've talked to, like, my cousin who's a nurse who's, like, done a lot of reading on it, and she's feeling better about it. She might even be getting it soon. It just depends on, um, you know, her situation or whatever. But, like, um, because she's not – she's working in, like, a NICU-type situation. She's not um, – uh, what's it called? Uh, knee emergency room or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I don't know what priority – all hospital workers get or whatever. I don't know if there's a hierarchy there, but you know, she was talking about how she feels much better about it. And I mean, I don't know. I'm on one hand, I understand like, let me wait a few months and see. And on the other hand, I'm also like, uh, just put it in my fucking veins, man. I don't care. Just yeah. give me the fucking vaccine. I'm definitely the latter. I, I, I need that to happen. You know, I don't want it to be some, Oh, we ran out. All the rich people got them, and uh, sorry, you're out of luck, buddy. You know. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, I'm with you there. I I don't foresee that being a thing, and the only reason I say that is because the rich people depend on the poor people they don't, <laughs> for the economy. They don't see it like that, though. Like that's always like the that's the disconnect right there. It's like. The, the, the mindset of come to work sick as long as you don't come around me is the prevalent thing. For example, yes, people but in the White House. is literally being wiped out right now. No, I, I, I agree with you from a logical standpoint. I'm saying that they have the illogical mindset of not understanding that. It's about mm-hmm. self-preservation in as much as keep the dirty germs away from me. Just like, you know, I was going to say they, they're getting it in the White House right now. Those right. folks. And it's like, yeah, it's, they got another outbreak. It's your own fault. It's your own fucking fault. Did you hear <laughs> uh, Biden, his team, his transition team has ordered for a deep cleaning <laughs> before <laughs> they go in there? They're, gonna, they're going to have like legitimate cleaners who are like experts in this go in and clean that shit out before they go in. See, I also heard one of my, my favorite news stories today that just I saw in passing was Joe Biden talking about the vaccine. And they mm. were asking him, are you getting the vaccine? And he's like, he basically said, yes, I am. When I get the vaccine, I will. He said, I will both get it and I will get it in front of cameras so that people can see to assure the public that it's safe. But he also, our next, you know, our next president, who is 78 years old and a mm-hmm. vulnerable person, said, but I can't jump in front of the line. There are people that this needs to go to right now, so we need to make sure that they get it first. And Man. that is, I mean, that is like, I, I was just like taken aback. I was like, oh, my God, compassion again care again like what the fuck right it's gonna take me a while to get used to that yeah that's that's something uh unique unfortunately so i hope that continues i hope we keep seeing that i hope so too but i just like the you know the idea of oh no but there are people who are you know like that's who how he should be as a leader right now he should be going yeah no but we have to make sure hospital workers get it first yeah, no shit. That's what you should be saying as the president. <laughs> Remember when they used to 
say things that were planned. <laughs> like I remember way back when. Caring. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when uh, reading off a teleprompter was like taboo for some reason. And it's like, bitch, Why? I wrote a speech. I'm going to read the speech that I wrote. Why why would I waste time memorizing this if I still agree with the words and I could be using this time to do something else for the country? I don't understand that I mindset. Don't and of course, that whole stigma went, went right out the window, you know, when what's his ass? Yeah, we've complained. A white dude came in. Yeah, like I'm reclaiming <laughs> white dude status here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm colonizing uh, teleprompters. Yes, that is exactly what he did. Yep. Coming, like taking. It. He was like, okay, we just gotta, we gotta come back in here and remind everyone, white man still rules. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. That's that was it. his purpose. That was the purpose he served. You know, and it's it's real fucked up when you think about like, okay, yeah, a lot of voters and a lot of just people in general. Once we got Obama in. They were like, okay, this is your, this is your one guy. Now we go back to white dudes again. You know, like, all right, we gave you a chance, saw what you did. Now, you know, thanks for taking the ball. We're going, we're taking it back. That's it. Nah, I don't think that was it. I think that, um, I, I don't think, I don't think the people that did that, mm-hmm. like, they were not like, oh, give Obama a chance. They were done with him from the start. Like, oh. They didn't want anything to do with him. They were <laughs> disgusted by him being in there. Yeah. There were just more people. It's the same thing that just happened with Biden, too. Like, there were just, we we got more people to show up for President Obama. Well, don't misinterpret what I'm saying with that. It's, it's not me saying they gave Obama a chance. It was bitch 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 the entire time he's in office and then when he's out it's like all right that's enough you had your chance and it's like what chance we we never got a chance mind you oh, we oh just, yes okay you know I, I misunderstood you yeah no, no, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah it's it's just one of those situations where it's <laughs> like all right we let you sit on the bench now you got to get off of i it. mean kamala is going to be the next kamala kamala is going to be the kamala is going to be the next president i mean we we know that right like we know this. I, I, I don't think, uh, and I, I, I don't think Biden will finish out his term. That it, might be uh, a yeah. little bit pessimistic. I see him stepping down. I don't. It's like it's realistic. Hear. We gotta we gotta take that in consideration. He is an older gentleman. I mean, they've all been older, but he he definitely. First of all, he he plainly see, I, said. Now, I think he's sharp. I think he's sharper than people are giving him credit for, but he just has like a speech impediment. Right. He's been very and, open about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he's got more going on up there. You know, like I think this, there's a lot of bullshit narrative, just like they were saying, you know, Hillary's sick and everything like that. I'm like, no, no. Like some of this is just you buying into shit. Yeah. You know, and, I mean, what, what I love about him, it's not even, if he's mentally astute, and I believe he is as well, I agree with you on that, but he's got that same mindset that John Favreau has, which is he surrounds himself with capable, intelligent people. And that's what we need. It's not John, about... John Favreau, the... The director. Director, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, okay, we're, we're discussing politics. There's also the, uh, you know, Pod Save America host, and then he was a speechwriter and everything. Oh, I wasn't aware, okay. John Favreau. Yeah, so the, it's the exact same spelling and everything. There's wow. another Jock Favreau 
he worked for the Obama administration and worked on campaigns. And he's one of the three guys who founded and host Pod Save America. Okay. So that's why I was curious. Now I, under, I understand the, 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 uh, the hesitation there. Yeah. So, yeah. no, the reason I, I brought him into the conversation is because I right. was watching um, that Netflix special about Christmas movies. Uh, you know, the, the Wait, Christmas... What's this? The Christmas movies that made us. It's airing on Netflix. I haven't so. seen that. Oh yeah. Oh man. Speaking of Christmas movies, we do have a, a Christmas question this okay. week. Cool. Real quick, I got from. So yeah, no, I haven't seen that. All right. So real quick. Um, I've they, seen like that series before. They did one on movies. Elf, and uh, they were. Hello. <laughs> no, I just said I'm so excited. Oh. <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt you, but I couldn't help. Oh no, it's it's really good. I enjoyed this and. Because I really, you know, it, it helps me understand why I like Elf so much in spite of itself, you know. Because I, I can't pinpoint why I enjoyed it, but this uh, this little mini documentary helped. But one of the things they pointed out about Jon Favreau is his way of directing and producing is that he doesn't really know how to do a lot of things naturally. But he's smart enough to make the calls to the people that do, who have historically done it well. So he gets intelligent people in the room with him, just like he's been doing with The Mandalorian, you know? Right. He's getting Bryce Dallas Howard because she's a fantastic director. He's getting, uh, you Which, know, uh, Dave that, Filoni. That blew my mind. I did not know she was a director. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's she's directed some of the best episodes of that show, too. And Dave Filoni, want- who was a Star Wars, not only a Star Wars historian, but he made Star Wars Rebels the success that it was. Like, he just, like, reads the room so well. And that's... That's a quality that a lot of people don't have, especially with something as, um, you know, uh, intensely uh, personal as being a director, you know? Right. So I when I OK, what episodes has she directed? I don't know offhand, but I just remember seeing her name at the end of the, at the end during the credits. It's like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, because I now now I gotta look it up. I'm sorry. There was one that she did, and I I think just I sh- just recently. I I think I'm an episode or two episodes behind. I'm always okay. behind on the Mandalorian. But this is opinion. one that you saw. If you're only two behind, because it was early yes. in this season. Because but, I saw I I saw her name at the end. I was like, oh look, Bryce Dallas Howard directed this. Okay, yeah, and I remember um you did see that one when it aired because I sent you the link. I, for that yeah. Easter egg that uh, she yeah. gave a nod to Apollo 13, the movie. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like the same like like cinematic angles and everything when the ship was coming down. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. I love I just love this idea that she just has a real low key director. Yeah. So we have a few directions we can take this conversation right wow. now. Wow. Because, okay. um, you know. You, so you, she has. Sorry. Good. Okay. So she directed. um, uh, She's directed a couple of short films, um, a segment in a TV movie. Um, She did a documentary called Dads. Yeah. And she did this Vanity Fair decades. Oh, that's a short as well about the 1960s. But her two biggest things are The Mandalorian. So she directed Chapter Four, The Sanctuary. And Chapter 11, The Heiress. One from last year, one from this year. Cool. So that's, that is Bryce Dallas Howard. That's a huge way to get your feet wet on a big-time project. Like, that's pretty cool. I mean, it helps that her dad directed <laughs> <laughs> directed a Solo, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, you know. I'm just, 
she she's clearly a good director. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, that's what I love about the show too. Um, is that it just has the same feel across the board. Like, you can tell me who directed a certain episode after the fact, and I'm like, okay, I can see their touches in there. But as you're watching it, it doesn't feel like overwhelmingly like, oh, I can tell John Favreau directed this one. You know, it, it just all kind of melts together. Well, that's why, like, that's a huge thing. Yeah. Um, when it comes to a TV show, the director is not the most important role. I think right. I've talked about this in the past on the show, but on a TV show, the showrunner and the writer, the writer is the most important role because you're keeping the consistency in the story going. Yeah. That's where the writer shines is in television. In a movie, the writer is the least important. The most important is the director. Hmm. But on TV, you swap out directors every week. So it's the director's job to basically come on the set and match the show okay. to integrate themselves into the show. But – they also want to stand out, so they have to walk that fine line. So according to the Wikipedia page, uh, Jean mm-hmm. Favreau is the uh, the showrunner with um, yes. Dave Filoni as a close uh, advisor. So okay. that's yeah. kind of cool. I mean, that makes sense. So if The Mandalorian was a movie, Favreau would be directing it mm-hmm. and probably be a producer as well. In terms of like movies versus television, trying to explain that to people who might know a little bit more about movies versus how television works. I'm kind of bummed out that um, next week is the last, or rather this week is the uh, the season finale. Already? Already. It's eight episodes per, and we've uh, we've had yeah. Holy shit! It's that time again. <laughs> it's fast. I gotta catch up too. Yeah. I'm sure something big's gonna happen in the finale oh yeah you know the internet can't hold their tongue when we found out the baby's name they couldn't even fucking calm that down for a day it was like no 9 a.m are fucking <laughs> terrible about this particular show it's true it's true I, I i partially blame the pandemic you know but no no we don't get that excuse <laughs> people have been horrible about this shit for yeah. a while all right there's one thing I need to vent about, and I promise we can get to Bradley's uh, question after that. It's okay. It's, it's a question we've already answered before, so we'll lightly touch on Bradley's question. But okay. Go ahead. So my problem is with reputable websites reporting what? rumors from non-reputable websites. Like, we got this covered, right. and the Illuminati. You know, I touched on this briefly last week, too, but, you know, in, in our celebration of a lot of the news that came out of uh, the Spider-Man casting. Um, unfortunately, a lot of that stuff, even cited by like E and Variety and comicbook.com, it was cited from sites like the Illuminati and, uh, you know, just other fly-by-night rumor mills. And that really bothers me that they're not really doing their, their uh, journalistic due because diligence. Because there's no accountability. There isn't. Yeah. It's true. Now, I mean, I was kind of discussing this with a colleague of mine, and she was saying that, like, all right, you know, it really doesn't matter. Like you were saying, the accountability is gone. My thought process is, like, you want to keep a good relationship with these studios, with these, uh, you know, um, with, with with these agencies. And just putting news out like that, if it's true, then somebody leaked the news. They didn't give you the, uh, you know, the permission to go ahead and share that with anybody. That's the first thing. I mean, I think about the uh, the Banana Splits DVD that I had. I had to sign a waiver for that. I had to sign a non-disclosure. Yep. <laughs> just to yeah, tell I people. Did that with, uh, 
to tell people to not watch the banana split. Right, yeah, Lord, basically, basically. Don't watch it. No, don't watch that movie. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's well done by now, but yeah, it was just surprising, man, just to see all these, all these sites just going, oh yes, according to the Illuminati, who was right about the casting of, uh, Tom Holland in Uncharted or something like, it's like, okay, they made a guess. And it turned out to be right. Their sources told them. That's bullshit, man. You know Right. There's like five actors they were gonna pick for that role anyway. Yeah. It's not it's not a long shot, you know? Exactly. But they, they make it seem like they had some type of insider information. And it's not yeah. that. It's dangerous, it's reckless. It may not it may not seem like a big deal. But sites like this are getting more and more credibility because out of every ten shots they take, one of them is right, and that's the one that they glom onto. And it's just like, oh, you right. heard it here first. Like, well, yeah, we heard it here first. You also said that, uh, fucking, um, I don't know, Ron Popeil was coming back from the dead to play Colonel Sanders. I have no idea where I got that example from, but yeah, go with it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I have no idea who that is, but okay. <laughs> Ron Popeil was a pitch man of like, uh, uh, you know, you need this in your life, like, as seen on TV products or something like that. Gotcha. Okay. It's well dated no, I reference. I didn't know who that was. Pay me no mind. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, okay. no, it just it gets under my skin. <laughs> I I feel you on that. Um, back we're circling back. Yes. Okay. To you talked about the Christmas movies that made us, which I'm totally watching now. I'm very excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, Bradley asked us what our favorite Christmas movies are. Which, we did talk about this before. I believe it was a Patreon episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Could be wrong. Well, you're right. I don't know. Not 100%. But, we've briefly, we've talked we've talked about this more in depth. So, I was thinking, are there any more recent, now, Elf being a great example, more recent being within the last, I don't know how many years, movies that have become more of a classic for you, that you revisit more? That become a new favorite because we know, like, obviously everybody loves a Christmas story. Yes. Everybody loves National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. You know, they're they're these movies. It's a Wonderful Life. Whatever it may be, they're the ones that are the classics that are on everyone's list usually, unless you have a particular like. I just didn't like that one. Home Alone is another one. Are there more recent ones that come to mind that are really like a favorite? Or have been added to your list. Let me tell you about what may be my new favorite Christmas movie. We watched it. I swear to God, if you bring up DuckTales. No, 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 no. This is this is completely on the level. This right. this is a movie that we watched for uh, the CNSC watch along in that first week. But mm-hmm. before that even happened, my father called me on the telephone, <laughs> not text, not email. He called me and said, son, I don't know what you're doing right now, but you need to stop everything and you need to turn on Netflix and watch Jingle Jangle. And I'm like, OK, Jingle Jangle. I've is seen that? this advertised, but, you know, what, what's so special about it? It is a musical. It is a completely 100 oh. percent black cast, you know, from top to bottom. They it, it's an original story. It's produced by John Legend. It's got music by him, yeah. Usher. It's starring Forrest Whitaker, Keegan Michael Key, Anika Nani Rose, who played uh, Princess uh, Tiana in Princess and the Frog. It's yeah. got Felicia Rashad and Ricky. I Martin. haven't seen this yet, so I take it back. Not 100% black cast, but mostly, 
the majority of the cast is black. Ricky Martin was in there too. Look, do they have a token white person? Yes. Yes, they, they, do. they but do. It's okay. It's okay. You know, they're not too much of a stereotype. Like, okay, yeah, the food is a little bit bland. No. Like, it's not. <laughs> Look, let me tell you. It's not like. It's like a Missy video. If know. there's a white person in this video, right. you know they got to throw down. Like, if they're there, they yes. are there to represent the dance. And let me tell you, yeah. these dancers, these musical numbers, everything was on point. I love this movie. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. You're not a big musicals person, correct? No, not really. But you know what? This this and other stuff I've seen recently have, have kind of turned me around a little bit. But the most surprising thing, you know Keegan-Michael Key can sing, right? Like, you knew that. Yeah. You know Felicia Rashad can sing because she's done musicals in the past. Oh, yeah. Forrest Whitaker, though. Forrest Whitaker. Ooh. Threw down with a, with a just a... Not surprised. A, I am. Like, I didn't know he could sing this well. The man got in there with it. He's he plays, just one of those guys that I feel like we all underestimate him. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. But the opening number alone, it's like, okay, so we watched um, Dolly's uh, Christmas in the Square this past week. It was a, it was a gem mm-hmm. of itself. But that first number, it had so much on its shoulders to build this world, you know, that, that we're supposed to believe in for, for this Dolly Parton right. movie. It was good. It was fine. But this opening number, there was a song called This Day, and it was this is the one written by Usher. Mm-hmm. Lex. Oh my God. It it was so lively, it was just so energetic and so joyful. You can't help but smile watching this. I'm telling is you. Is he going by Usher again and not Usher? <laughs> it depends on what part of the country you're in. If you're in Atlanta, okay. if you're in the dirty south, it's Usher. It's if Usher. You- <laughs> okay. Because I am I am in fact in the South technically. And All right. I, well, I, I thought it was Usher. You're but south, that's okay. You're south of the ATL. It's Usher for you. You go right ahead. You got full yeah, permission. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. But yeah, that's, that's one. I can't recommend it enough. I'm going to watch it again before the season is over. Yeah, Um, I literally just pulled up my Netflix and added it to my queue. Yeah. So it's definitely going to happen. There was one that I talked about briefly during our our last recap, I think, and this came on uh, last year. Uh, Klaus. It's an animated film about the first male man in the North Pole. And that's 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 beautiful too. I love that movie. <clears throat> the art the art style is great. The story is fun, entertaining. Check that out. Good stuff. Yeah. What about you? Uh oh. Okay. I, I'm adding the holiday movies one to the list. Okay. <laughs> um. I. I mean, it's hard for me not to. And I realize that there's criticism and blah blah blah. Whatever. I fucking loved it. Happiest season. Hmm. Give me my gay Christmas movies, people. <laughs> I want them. I love it. We all want our um, Christmas movies to be happy and gay. What? I don't. Yeah, yeah. So, Happiest Season is like a new classic for me. I'm probably going to watch that again before, you know, the season is up. <laughs> um, one of my all time favorites is The Family Stone, which is modern. That was in like 2007, I think, when that movie came out. Some, mm. Somewhere along like 2008. Um, I, I feel like there was a TV show. That's a whole, oh, yes. Bob's Burgers, which I realize we're talking about Christmas movies, but like Bob's Burgers Christmas episodes are so freaking good. Yes. And you can basically sit and watch those back to back and it's like a movie. 
Man, the only thing that overshadows the Christmas episodes on Bob's Burgers are the Thanksgiving episodes. Like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they do great Halloween episodes, too. They yes. have all of the holidays covered. You're because right. holidays are covered. But, You're right. But, yeah, the particular, like, Thanksgiving episodes are great because the show is about food, and Bob is so unbelievably obsessed with Thanksgiving that that adds another element. But the genius of the Christmas part is that, like, all of the family doesn't really give a crap about Thanksgiving except for him and, like, Gene, because Gene <laughs> loves eating. Yes. But then it's the opposite for the Christmas episodes. So they they flip it. Like, a couple weeks later, they they go ahead and go, like, okay, Bob doesn't really care about Christmas. <laughs> and the kids and Linda are flipping out about Christmas. <laughs> so I think that's kind of the genius of those, that dynamic that they've created on the show. Where it's like, this is his biggest day of the year. This is their biggest day of the year. All right, there is conflict in and of itself. I just love the show all around. But yeah, the Christmas episodes are a sight to behold. This year's Thanksgiving episode, have you seen it? I have. It was the the trilogy of stories that they told, I think. Yeah, well, Gene had like, yeah, Gene had like food poisoning. Yeah. (laughs) And his song, when he's like... When he when he's like getting ready to go on the toilet, I, I just I was losing it. He's so funny. I I mean I love Gene. He's my favorite character on that show. So <laughs> any episode that's Gene centric, I was like, oh my god, yeah, dying. <laughs> oh man, he's, okay, so yes, he's always some Christmas Christmas movies and shows and stuff that we like. Um, oh, you did talk about Dolly. So we can. T- <laughs> There's another Dolly story, guys. Yeah. Dolly Parton is apparently the greatest person who's ever walked the face of the earth, because, according to a story, um, this is like ABC and it went viral a couple days back. Uh, Dolly Parton saved a nine-year-old co-star from getting hit by a car. Mm, that's great. That's great. Yeah. She reportedly um, pulled her away from an oncoming vehicle. Uh, when they were on set, when they were like making it, uh, and this is the actress who said it. She says there was a, a there's a vehicle moving, and I was walking, and somebody grabbed me and pulled me back, and it was Dolly Parton. <laughs> <laughs> so Dolly Parton just saved this nine year old girl. You know, if I was walking around in Chicago and I got pulled out of the way of a moving vehicle, and I turned around and it was Dolly Parton, I I wouldn't be too surprised, honestly. I mean. We already know from she's all her projects. She's she's part angel. You know, that's that's a that's a given. <laughs> she's a wonderful she person. Says, she says that she was in shock. As I was in shock, she hugged me, shook me, and said, I saved your life. <laughs> and my mom's going, Yes you did, Dolly Parton. Yes you did. <laughs> yes you did, Dolly Parton. <laughs> oh, I like that God. you said her whole name. Like, yes you did, Dolly Parton. They, that's what they said. That is the that is the exact quote from this child. I love it. Who said that her her mom was like, "Yes, you did, Dolly Parton." It was like her mom was probably freaking out. <laughs> that's kind of great. I'm glad. I, I, it is obviously, great. it's great news that the, the child's life was saved. But the cherry on top of all that, Dolly Parton, and then she gave her. We had a to home. have a Dolly corner. Yes, yeah. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, in in semi related. Dolly News, uh, SNL, 
Melissa Villasenor does a fantastic Dolly Parton Holy impersonation. Shit, yeah. That was so good. Like, she does great impersonations of various people. Like, she's got a uh, John Mulaney that's pretty spot on as well. But this Dolly one, man, it's like if you if you got your eyes closed, you think it's her. It's incredible. Yeah, Malia, Melissa Villasenor um, just does great impressions in general. And she is one that I, her and um, Chloe, what's the last name of that? She's another SNL cast member, Chloe something. They both have wonderful Instagram accounts where they will be like working through their impressions and stuff, especially during quarantine, like doing bits and stuff like that. It's just so fun to watch. That's kind of cool. Where's, where has Keenan been this season? It seems like he hasn't been on and neither is uh, AD Bryant. It's so weird. I mean, I don't I'm sure. Know about AD, well, AD Bryant is doing that other TV show. So I don't know. She's, she might be kind of like slowly working her way out of the show. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Keenan's like, I've got a bunch of kids, kind of <laughs> like, and they're they're giving him some leniency as far as like COVID is concerned. Yeah, because most of the people that are coming onto that show that are like working cast members, I mean, are you know a decade younger than him. That's true. And probably don't have families, or if they do, they have like a spouse, like. How many of those people have kids? Like Keenan has, he's been on there for so long and everything, and he's older than everyone. He's a little bit, he's probably in a more vulnerable situation where he's like want, wanting to protect his family. I mean, look, I don't know. This is, you know, just my, the only guess I can come up with because he is such an established cast member. Right, right. Like, I know if I was running that show, I'd be giving him leniency. I'd be like, okay, yeah, like, I understand. <laughs> Yeah. You gotta take care of your kids, you gotta take care of your family. I mean seniority alone, yeah. That makes perfect sense. Um let me ask your opinion on something. What mm-hmm. do you think of Bruce Springsteen? Are you a fan? Love him. Okay, okay. I've seen him in concert. Wow. Oh awesome. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. He was on my list of like, I need to see him before they die. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> <laughs> that he's not like old, but you know, he's you want to see him while he's young, younger or whatever, not like sad old. There's a moment when they take the turn. Yeah. It's like he the, probably uh, shouldn't even be touring anymore. No, no, especially right now. But yeah, the, the whole thing with, uh, Oh, what is that guy's name? Oh my goodness! Well, I was gonna, I was gonna bring up the Rolling Stones as well, just as far as like, yeah, you've you've missed the bloom on that rose, unfortunately, you know. But uh, right. <laughs> so why were you asking about Bruce Springsteen? I don't know, man. There's just something about him. There's something about the fact that you know he's got his wife touring with him, which is kind of like adorable. Right. Uh, right. There's something great about the fact that. Anytime you see the E Street Band, it's just like, hey, that's that guy from Sopranos, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it's Max Weinberg, who I, I've i seen Max Weinberg more in my childhood as just the band leader of Conan. Mm-hmm. And just to see him up there drumming and just smiling again on NBC, it's such a great mm-hmm. feeling just seeing him. And, you know, as I'm, I'm looking at all these people on the stage and they're having a great time. We don't really have bands like this anymore, man. We don't have just That's people thing, who yeah. love music, who just are up there to enjoy themselves, to play. 
obviously to make a little cash too, but you know, we all need to live. Um, you know, but it, it reminds me of that show, that Foo Fighters show they had, um, where he was just going around and just playing music around the country. And I really think like Dave Grohl and the people he associates with, I think they might be like the last generation of that type of musician. I know that was a weird way to get to that, but <laughs> I really just feel like this is this is a guy. I mean, I don't know if I, I don't know if I ever believe in the last. Mm-hmm. I think that we pick people and we go, this is the last one because we age. Yeah, yeah. It's more of just things evolving. However, I will agree that that's a different level of artistry that is very rare, incredibly rare for both Grohl and Bruce Springsteen. And that like, yeah, like you're talking about, you know, these guys just like jamming out and it, this very particular flavor of music and dynamic and a show that, yeah, I would agree. Dave Grohl is that guy of his generation for sure. Yeah. yeah. Like, or one of them, whatever. But yeah, I don't, I, 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 I think there will be, I think there will always be something. I just think it, it looks different for each generation. Yeah. And I think when we're talking about the younger people, like who are my age, my age to a little bit younger than me, maybe a few years older than me too. We just haven't figured out what ours is yet. What's great about that too, is, I mean, you kind of feel like there's, there's always that legendary aspect of music that you love and musicians who you admire, you know, where you're right. It is, it is definitely a generational thing where it feels like these people are the last ones to hold that energy. But what's beautiful about that is, is that even now, when someone else inherits that energy, it feels so special. It feels so like just I don't know. It feels extra real, you know. Like when we when we saw Nirvana for the first time, no one ever assumed that Dave Grohl was gonna be just like this amazing like journeyman, this musician who championed right. you know uh, the progression of rock and 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 Jay, uh, um, Jack Black. Nobody ever thought like he was the one that was gonna just like continue the legacy of rock and roll along with. Grohl and and the Queens of the Stone Age and those type of cats. And it's just it's kind of cool just seeing that energy in, in motion. And I, I got you that. You mean Jack Jack Black? Uh, Jack Black, or yeah. Jack White. No, I meant Jack Black. Like Okay. Gotcha. He's he's a he's an interesting cat. Like I understand he's like funny comedian no, 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 always. I know. I just wanted to clarify because you also have Jack White or the White White Stripes and everything. Yeah, yeah. It it is kind of funny how they are semi associated acts too. Yeah. But yeah, just him and Jack Black in particular, I just I admire their friendship. Like, you know, you'll see it over the years and right. just all their, their interactions that they have. It's uh it's something else. It's something unique. But um yeah, I don't know. I got yeah. that same energy off of uh Springsteen. And his band just up there having fun playing music, and I, I love to see it. That's you know. They, I mean, Springsteen was the best live show I've ever been to. I don't think anything will ever top that. That's cool. And that includes Paul McCartney. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, you know, I saw a freaking Beatle. That was a, a Chris, <laughs> or not Christmas gift, a, a birthday gift one year for me was tickets to that. And uh, my mentor did that for me. Got me got us all tickets to like a family event type of thing to go see Paul McCartney. 
That's dope. And it was incredible. There were pyrotechnics. It was like unlike anything I'd ever seen before. Like it was a show. And I still nothing else captured what Springsteen was. Springsteen uh, was just like on another level. Did he play Live and Let Die? Springsteen? No, no, he didn't. McCartney. <laughs> Paul McCartney, yes, he did. Awesome. Paul McCartney okay. did. That's, that's yeah. all I would want. That's just the only one. That's it. Yeah, and awesome. the, the light show to go with it was pretty incredible. That's fucking It's pretty cool. Fuck, <laughs> I miss concerts. And I'm not, I'm not even a big concert person. Like, I go to select ones that I really... I was supposed to go to two this year. Yeah. Um, which is more than usual for me. That's, mm. that's a, for context, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I schedule year, maybe. I'm with you on that. Uh, yeah, maybe for 2022, I'll get back out there. Who knows? We'll see. Ah, uh, fuck! It needs to get sooner than that. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah, buddy. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited about all the upcoming things going on here. This is kind of great. Um, oh, I had another note on here. I took a dare. I took a dare and watched a TV show on Fox, and I know that's always just kind of a bad choice most of the time. Anyway, uh, I watched this show. I can hear your voice. Have you ever seen this one? Uh, no. Okay. Is it a is it a reality show? It is one of those uh, variety type shows where, uh, well, no, it's actually a lot. It has a lot akin to The Masked Singer, but the twist on this one is. Oh yeah. No, I've yeah, Kim Jong is the host again, and uh, what they do is they have people come out who are of a certain profession, of a certain background, and... Oh, yeah, you know what, I have seen that. Yeah, yeah where they're guessing what the, which person is which, yeah. You gotta guess who can sing. Right, and it's just... Right. What strikes me... <laughs> it's all about teaching people to stereotype. That's That's the entire show. It's the entire show, man. So like, yeah, they don't even call these people by name when they come out. The the batch I saw it was like football player, hairstylist, pro golfer, yeah. mountain climber. It's like okay, that's great. Uh, and yeah, it's, just it's so like cheesy. playing that game. Guess who? Yeah, a little Remember bit. Where you knocked out the little tiles? Right, right. And like, teach your kid to be racist. <laughs> that's the first question you ask. Basically, like, three black people, three black tiles. And so the first question you ask is, are they black or are they white? And whatever the answer is, well, that lets you knock down either 90% of the tiles or three of them. I don't know what stand-up had that joke in their routine, but I remember that distinctly. It's just like, is it a black guy? Mm, yes. Clack, 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 all the tiles. Right. Oh, yeah, I'm sure there are bits about it, but like... I I just remember I just remember doing it like like that was the first question you always ask if you didn't ask that question first you're stupid it's like when you play tic tac toe you always put the first mark in the middle if you don't put the first mark in the middle you're a fucking idiot <laughs> I feel like that question should be illegal in the game like that's got to be one of the house rules like in Uno yeah. you just got to go no racial questions that's it bottom line moving on. <laughs> no racial questions in the Uno. How no, are you yeah. playing Uno? <laughs> Man, I don't know what type of you Uno you play. You got a new racist Uno. Oh boy. I am Uno out of that. Um, 
So yeah, there was a lot of news that came out this week, all basically on the same damn day. Uh, yeah, all words, Marvel, it's Disney. Yeah. Disney news. And then, on top of that, for dessert, we had the Game Awards also take place on that day. I did not pay attention to the Game Awards stuff at all. Yeah, so this is this is all going to be kind of new stuff for you, which is great. I mean, there there was a little bit tell of Tell me things. I will tell you all the things. Let's cover that first, since, you know, that's that's fresh. I want to hear sure. your reactions. Okay. So, I'm getting all this Shit. from Tech Radar. I watched it live, and also we did an episode of uh, the Party Chat podcast. I sat in with Aaron and Liz, and we talked about our reaction. I have reaction. that on my cube, and I have not listened to it yet, but all it's right. on there. Well, spoilers for what I'm going to say here on there. I'm going to so. skip your part, so <laughs> don't. Fair enough, fair enough. I listen to your shit every week. That's I don't true. need another one. That's true. I don't want to listen to myself every week, but I have to listen to myself at least twice. Now and then when I edit. Anyway, Evil Dead. There's a new Evil Dead game coming out. <laughs> okay. It's an it's an it's a it's a four player um experience. So you and three friends get to go out in the woods and shoot deadites. You may ask who are the other people in the game? I don't know. Uh, one of them is going to be, uh, the lead of the Evil Dead reboot, which our friend Ash is going to be super excited about if she decides to dig into that. So that's cool. Um, mm-hmm. so of course you have Ash Williams, you have the lead of the reboot whose name escapes me, one of Ash's friends, and another person in a night outfit. I don't know who they are. I'm sure we'll get more details as they become available. Um, Super Meat Boy, were you ever into that at all? No. Well, let's get in the sequel. You'll be happy to know. Uh, <laughs> I will be very excited to not look at that one either. Absolutely. It's one of those games where you just die over and over again. Um, there is going... Oh, yeah. I call those uh, fuck that shit. Yeah. Not, not a big fan of that particular genre, but I understand a lot of people are into fuck that shit. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, there is a new Mass Effect trailer that is teasing. Yes. The first signs of Mass Effect 4. That's right. That's right. Okay. So I just want to state for the record, fuck all of y'all. Because I have talked about how much I love Mass Effect. And it three days later, a friend of mine who does not listen to this podcast, Ryan Guy, shout out to Turtle Soup. He sent it to me. Where the fuck were all of you guys sending me Mass Effect trailer? <laughs> we figured you knew probably. You I don't know. One job. Look, you had one job, adventurers. You're supposed send to tell me, us. <laughs> send me Mass Effect news. <laughs> send news, girl. You're supposed to be send the one. News. <laughs> With a hard E. With a hard E. Hard E, hard, hard. Um, so yeah, Mass Effect 4 is happening. Now, the, the concern, of course, is there have been some shakeups at BioWare. So people are a little, uh, trepidatious on, uh, how excited they're, they're trying to temper their excitement. Cautiously optimistic is the phrase, of course. So we'll see what happens. Um, Vin Diesel is going to be the star of the upcoming sequel to Arc, Arc 2, which is about him going to Caveman days in a spaceship somehow. It looks really good, it's funny family. enough. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, Overcooked is still kicking ass all over the place, and they decided to make your favorite Muppet and mine, the Swedish Chef, DLC. He's going to be a downloadable character in Overcooked. Hold on, hold on. That's good. 
Uh, let's see. Dragon Age 4, also a Bioware game. I don't know if you care about that one. Yeah. Okay. I played a little bit of Inquisition. Yeah. That's about the extent of my Dragon Age knowledge. But, yeah. Uh, Sephiroth is joining Smash Brothers. The Super Smash mm-hmm. Brothers. Uh, Back 4 Blood is going to be the, um, the successor to Left 4 Dead. Uh, as Left 4 Dead 3 is never happening. So that team quit Valve and went ahead and made Left 4 Dead 3 themselves called Back 4 Blood. Perfect Dark. Perfect Perfect Dark is coming back. There's going to be a new one. They showed a trailer for it, a little teaser for it. It looks incredible. I'm excited (gasps) for it. I want to watch that. You have to send me that clip because I want to see that. Or is it in that article? I'll send it to you. Okay, yeah, yeah, I want to, because I, I, I did like Perfect Dark, and I, but I haven't, you know, played it in years. No one and has. It hasn't, they haven't released since what, the Xbox 360 was the last Perfect Dark game? Yeah, the last, the last, uh, even mention we saw Perfect Dark was that Rare Replay collection. Yeah, but does that count? Not or really. Just counting the, the 61, the, was it Zero? Perfect Dark Zero or something like that? Perfect Dark Zero, yeah. I just, I consider the, the idea that when these game companies actually acknowledge that they own an IP, that's a good sign in a way. Because it's like, oh, people still like this. Kind of like Metroid, you know? Sure, we've been begging them to make a new Metroid game forever. But it, she's, you know, she's in Smash Brothers, so they know she exists. That's, that's something. Yeah, this is a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, same. Yeah, I, I've always thought that that was like a Tomb Raider style of game where it's like you should really be rebooting this and like bringing this back. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they sh- that's that's good. That they're doing that. That is good. Perfect Dark, I mean. Perfect Dark. There's going to be a Banjo Kazooie amiibo. If you're still thinking about those people, you know. Um, okay. Lord knows what it does, but you know it exists. Last but not least, Dead Space is coming back with a spiritual successor as well. Those developers are making a game called The Callisto Protocol. So if you like being freaked out by aliens in space without it being related to Sigourney Weaver, then The Callisto Protocol is coming in 2022. I never really got into Dead Space. Me neither. But I gotta say, I never really gave it a try either. I feel like I that, should. That's exact same scenario. Yeah, I, it's on. Uh, I believe it's on the Xbox Game Pass. You're I right. Saw it on there. It's part of the EA uh, collection, and it is on there along yeah. with Titanfall 2, another game that I should get back to. And uh, games that you never really gave a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, Gears of War. Yes. I've been play- I just played Gears, the first Gears of War, that ultimate one that they reboot or, or they remastered or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now I'm playing Gears of War 2. Yeah, yeah. Those, you know what? Um, this is something I mentioned on Party Chat as well a couple of weeks ago. Like those games, I didn't know they had like a split screen multiplayer. So D and I have actually been playing those too. So <sighs> Gears of War One, uh, the ultimate version, we played all the way through that. That was a ton of fun. God damn it! The, I need a girlfriend to just go through and play these games. That sounds like so much fun. It is, yeah. man. It is so much fun to be able to like cooperatively play a game like that with somebody. It's something I haven't experienced. All the experienced. way through. That's so cool. Exactly. There's no like, oh, this is a one-player only section. It's like, no, 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 bitch. You jump in. You go ahead and fight right alongside with me. Everything's gravy. Um, oh, yeah. So I we, love it. We dipped into two, but of course, that's not a remaster, and it looks like it was made by Monster Energy and Doritos. So 
Oh um, yeah, I've been playing too as well. I'm <laughs> I'm just so into like just playing a game at this point. I'm yeah. I'm in like vacation mode that I'm like, nah, all right. As soon as it ex- expires, because I have the game pass on a free trial. Yeah. So I'm like, eh, I'll play it till it expires. But yeah, I agree. The first one was phenomenal with that reboot. Yeah, I'm not gonna tell you what made me get back into them, but I'm glad I did because like there's three more. Well, what got me interested in playing the games again? I'm gonna skip that part, but there's three more of them for me to enjoy. So I'm really excited about that. That's cool. Yeah. So I'm playing two, um, and yeah, I know there are more of them. Although I was talking to Bradley about it, and he was saying because he's he knows like Xbox a little bit more, and he was saying that like the first two are the Best ones, ah, gotcha. with a bunch, I guess. Okay, but yeah, there's I one know. that has. I a, know one just came out this year. I don't know which one has like the female protagonist. I think maybe that was four. I think it's five. Five. I think it's five, and that's the one that just came out this year. Okay. I believe. Cool. So I'm gonna check them out. So yeah, that's that's most of the news from the TGAs. Um, lots of stuff. Cool. You know, uh, it was kind of cool that uh, Among Us won some awards. You know, it, it, this is a game that just kind of came out of nowhere. It had been out for a couple years, but, you know, streamers started really getting into it, so a lot of people who hadn't heard of it started playing it as well. And they released... Uh, is that the one that AOC is playing? Uh, she's played a couple, but I think she was on that, too. That's the one where you're on a spaceship and you're trying to figure out who's the uh, who's the traitor, who's the imposter of the group. Yes. Yeah. So, Gear, uh, it is Gears of War 5, by the way. Okay. That is the... Uh, it is the female protagonist. Gotcha. Sorry, just wanted to, just wanted to clarify. Cool, but with uh, Among Us, um, yes, they surprisingly, like just a couple days ago, unannounced, released a version for Nintendo Switch. So they're gonna get a lot more players that way. It's gonna be pretty, yeah. pretty interesting. That's cool. So, um, yeah. Are you ready for the Marvel Star Wars Disney conversation? There's so much. Jesus Christ. So much. Um, <laughs> we can pick out our favorites and just talk about those. Yeah, I mean, I'm f- I'm so fucking excited for this Obi Wan show, guys. What the shit? Wow. Yeah. I'm so excited. Hayden Christensen's back. Hayden what? Christensen back as Darth Vader. What in the world is happening? Guess what? If you're gonna talk about shit about Hayden Christensen, I just want to remind you all that George Lucas was the problem with those prequels. Not any of the actors. I mean, Natalie Portman is one of the best actresses of like her generation, and she was like okay in those movies. It's at funny. Best. I saw a story today where I don't know why people keep asking George Lucas things because he's not going to have much more to add than he's already said over the course of his career. But for some reason, someone interviewed George Lucas and he said people just don't understand the dialogue of the prequel films, and that's our fault. For some reason, I don't, you know, there's nothing quite like blaming the audience for not understanding your work. Uh, Dude, that, I like those movies yeah. to a degree and I defend them. I have defended them for years and he keeps doing this stupid shit. And I'm like, I'm not going to defend you or these movies anymore. First of all, I don't care that much. <laughs> and second of all, like, stop being an asshole. <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's the major takeaway. Yes, absolutely. Um, Wow. Uh, yeah. So there's, so, there's. Yeah, that Lightyear is another one that I am very excited for. Lightyear excited. is a 
telling of the origin of Buzz Lightyear, your favorite Space Ranger. This is going to be in-universe for Toy Story, so it's going to be uh, unrelated to the uh, Buzz Lightyear Star Command show starring Patrick Warburton. That happened a while back. That was uh, mm-hmm. traditionally animated, which is very enjoyable in its own right. But this I don't one, remember that. This one stars uh, Chris... Chris Evans. Evans, yes, that guy. Chris Evans, the yeah. only, the only Chris that we truly love. He's a, he's a good Chris. So that's happening. Yes, that's, that's going to happen. I was uh, surprised, and I wonder why they decided to get away. Well, I mean, well, you can kind of paint the picture, but one wonders why uh, <laughs> they they decided to get away from Tim Allen on that. You know, he's been the well, iconic. Did voice. you read? In, did you read into the details though? I do want. I do want to know if you know the details of this movie. I read a little bit about it, but what in particular do you know? Well, well, because it's, I think that they can ease more easily get away from the Tim Allen aspect because it's not the toy Buzz Lightyear. It's the man that the toy is based off of. Gotcha. Okay. So, so it's not going to be a toy movie. It's going to be about the real person like, like Neil Armstrong or whatever. (laughs) Like he's he's going to be like the actual adventurer. What I would love is if, yeah, it's based on a real person, but there's an actual like star command in the real world. And they've been a spacefaring race of humans in Toy Story all this time that they have just not talked about at all. Like, that's all part of the lore. Mm -hmm. Like Andy's going to college to become a space ranger. We never heard anything about that. That's just something they discussed off camera. Yes. I want that to be the case now. I'm, I guess we'll have I'm, to see. I'm here for it. Sounds good. <laughs> We're going to have to see. Why not? <laughs> so, of course, uh, you know, dozens of, of Star Wars. I, I'm being facetious, but it's like there's a good 20 projects they showed for Star Wars on the screen. Ahsoka is happening. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. going to be a Star Wars Andor Andor. Uh, spinoff, which is going to follow uh, Diego Luna's character from Rogue One, which is going to uh, yeah. be unrelated to the Mandalorian stuff. It's it's going to have traditional sets and that sort of thing, you know, unlike we've seen with the uh, uh, with the Mandalorian set. Star Wars Visions, mm-hmm. which is going to be an anthology series that shows uh, animated shorts akin to um, the Matrix, the Animatrix, and uh, the, the Batman anime that they did a few years back. Right. I mean, wow. Lando is getting a show. Lando's Lando is getting Powers. a show. Like, yeah, how how about that? How about that where we get so much news about Star Wars at one time that Lando Calrissian getting more of a spotlight is kind of buried under all this stuff? Yeah, I think because they didn't formally say Donald Glover's going to be back, it yeah. was a little bit less of a story. It's funny, too, because during this whole event, the event, by the way, was like maybe four or five hours. It, it was a long, mm-hmm. long event because it was a, an investor's showcase. Um, and I think that a reason why they went so hard with this one is in uh, response to the HBO Max news about their movies coming out all this, all uh, you know, on, on the streaming service as well as theaters at yeah. the same time. Um, R2 and C3PO were getting a show called Droid Story. Yeah, I don't give a fuck about that. No, I, I know that sounds bad. No, no, I'm kind of kind of tired about them or of them rather. Um, but hey, Patty Jenkins, Rogue Squadron, Christmas 2023. Yes. yes. Holy shit. Yes. 
the announcement for that alone yes. gave me goosebumps. She's rollerblading. She's rollerblading on like an uh you know a, a landing strip, and then she goes to her car, and she sits down in her in her trunk, taking off her rollerblades, and she starts talking about how she grew up with uh you know her dad being in the Air Force, and she's always wanted to tell an Air Force story. So you're thinking, okay, maybe this is a Top Gun project or something like that. Maybe they're gonna give her that property uh after the sequel to yeah. Top Gun, and then she puts on this flight suit, and you realize the flight suit is orange. And she's like, well, I have a story to tell, and I'm finally part of the universe. And then she walks, and in the distance, you see her walking towards the X-Wing, and it's just so fucking rad. Yeah. I mean, oof. The best. Yep. Um, yeah, I agree. The Top Gun. Um, also, what was the other thing? Uh, Captain Marvel was another one that came to mind. Yeah. Yeah. Because they had, they, they announced, they announced that, um, What's her name? The director, Nina Costa. Is that how you, is that her last name? She's the director of this new Candyman reboot. She's directing Captain Marvel too. Mm. But because, like you're saying, like talking about Air Force or whatever, my first thought is Captain Marvel. But that's, I mean, that's very similar to Wonder Woman. They're very different characters, or whatever. But like. You know, this is this is better, basically, like better than directing, you know, a Captain Marvel sequel or anything like that. Yeah. Which Captain Marvel is getting a sequel. Uh, it's going to tie into the Miss Marvel uh, Disney mm-hmm. Plus show that's happening. That's kind of a big deal. Um, Depending on the cast, I'm excited for Fantastic Four as well. Yeah, that's going to be directed by um, the same guy that did the, the recent uh, spat, uh, spate of uh, I- Spider-Man films. Spider-Man movies? Yeah. Spider-Man? Spider-Mans. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. So the other one that kind of caught me off guard that seems like it was a uh, a made-up bit and doesn't really exist, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Um, it's going yeah. to be starring John Mulaney and Andy Samberg. I can't wait. It's going to combine. The only, the only thing is I don't like this. Uh, they're doing this with this new Tom and Jerry movie, too. Yeah. Where they're they're mixing real world and animated, mm-hmm. and I know that this is not a new thing. I've done this for years, but like it can be rough. It can be rough. It can work well too. I mean, that we're, Tom and Jerry movie looks like garbage. It does, but we're also we're also getting a new Space Jam. <laughs> we're getting a Space Jam with LeBron. That's definitely going to happen true. over with HBO Max. Um, I I've got news for you, bud. Space Jam was not a good movie. No, listen to it the. It was uh, very fun because we were young. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it was like we, we didn't children. get much new uh, Looney Tunes stuff back then, so it was feast or famine. Honestly, it was like, oh shit, Bugs is back. Uh, Michael Jordan's there too. Cool, 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 cool. Let's let's make this happen. Um, cool, 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 cool. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. No doubt, no doubt. If they don't have, is it Chip or is it Dale? Go, whoever Andy Sanders playing, he needs to go. Cool, 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 cool. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Cool, cool. That's what yeah. I want. Andy Sanders is going to be Dale, the one with the big red nose. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I can't of wait. Of course, of course, John Mulaney's going to be the neurotic, the neurotic one. Of course. Yeah. It's going to be great. Dude, but, you got to watch Big Mouth. Please, please. I won't make you watch Letter Kenny. I will not bring up Letter Kenny again if you just watch Big Mouth. Sister Act Three, starring Whoopi Goldberg. She's back in the habit. You know what? 
I, you have given me no choice. I'm going around you, and I'm going to get D to watch Big Mouth, and then you're going to have to fucking watch this show. And you know what? You're going to say, you're going to say, guess what, Lex? You're going to say, Lex, you were right. This show is really funny. And I'll be like, goddamn right, it's funny. So mad at you right now. Sister Act. Sister Act 3, starring Whoopi Goldberg. It's happening. Okay, rapid fire. Yes. We are getting officially Hocus Pocus 2, Cheaper by the Dozen reboot, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, a wimpier kid, apparently. I don't know. Uh, Pinocchio. The kid's a little, little wimp shit. That's what you need to know. (laughs) Pinocchio and CG. Um, Peter Pan and Wendy. Disenchanted, an enchanted sequel. Yes, directory. Baymax exclamation point, which I can only imagine is going to be like Stitch when they had his own movie. Zootopia Plus. Yes. Tiana and Moana. That's a lot of stuff, man. A whole lot of stuff. Okay, what was the question? About what? Wait, what? I thought you said there was a question um, about these. N- never mind. I don't remember. It's I'm ex- gone. You know, I am I am excited for uh, the Cheaper by the Dozen reboot because I really enjoyed those Steve Martin movies. I know that's kind of dumb but like eh, they came out when i was a kid i had a lot of fun watching them no i enjoyed them too i thought they were really good you know um i i do wonder uh they're they're doing another father of the bride right or was that just like a a one-off thing that for was an online thing it was uh i think it was for like feed america or so it was it was for charity okay. i know that okay well i was hoping that we get but another man, movie. if they did that because they they brought on uh, uh, uh francis pugue or whatever um she was like playing the daughter the youngest one grown up yeah i would love that that'd be great yeah there's um there's going to be i know a, a lot of people are patiently waiting for guardians of the galaxy volume three but as we know james gunn is heavily entrenched in warner brothers world right now what with yeah. suicide squad and the spin-off to suicide squad that he's working on starring john cena um he's working on for marvel in the meantime a guardians of the galaxy holiday special which will be released in 2022 so we're gonna get to, to check in on group and um, see what they're doing that's kind of great so when do they think the next Guardians movie is going to come out? I mean, it's not even on the schedule from what I understand. And it, it really is, I think, because he's got these ties with Warner Brothers and they just keep on inviting him to do more with them. So Yeah, I mean, they fucking fired him. So they should they should take the back burner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> yeah, Guardians 3, even though I'm very excited for it, they should kind of eat shit for that, like for doing that. You know, it's I don't I I stand by the the fact that I don't like that he was fired in the first place. It's job security. I mean, when it comes down to it as a as a human being, you got somebody who's willing to give you the keys to their kingdom and say, "Hey, please come work for us. Come work with us. We want to do all these projects. We want to see your dreams come true on the screen. You've got a great track record, and we want to see what you do." Obviously, you stay there. But then the money truck yeah. backs up from Disney Marvel and it's like, "Okay, I'm going <laughs> to I mean, and he wants toe. to finish that story. He does. Really. Like, yeah. he, I mean, he's got this next movie in mind. I'm sure he's got at least one more, you know, in, in his brain of a trilogy, because that's how that we tend to work. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know if you've seen the Lego Star Wars special yet. Um, 
It was I'm cute. Not. It was. I probably won't watch it, but you did tell me about it. Like, yeah. I, I'm just not. It's not my demo, and I know it. And I kind of, you know, there's certain things like that that I'm like, one day, hopefully, I'll yeah. have kids. They'll bug the shit out of me with these things. <laughs> and that will be my time. <laughs> yeah. They make a lot of good, um, like, in-universe jokes, like, for the adults. And I think that's pretty mm-hmm. fun. But that's that's yeah, my biggest takeaway. Yeah, definitely do. And it's not long. That's my other takeaway. <laughs> like, you're not going to waste much time. So there's also that. I did a summer working a camp where, like, I think I've talked about this, but... Uh, they were like, te- it was like tech based and everything like that. So they, when they got like their reward time or whatever was video games, they would play those games, those Lego games a lot. So annoying. <laughs> kids were annoying. Um, <laughs> just wrapping up here. So that's my association with the Lego universe stuff. Oh, I totally feel you on that. Um, yeah. Wrapping up the Marvel news, we've got uh, mm-hmm. Secret Invasion. Led by Samuel L. Jackson, he's going to reprise right. his role as Nick Fury, along with Ben Mendelsohn as the uh, the Scroll Talos. Who you know, I'm not going to spoil anything for those who haven't seen Spider Man. Is this two a, yet. is this a TV show? This is a uh, yeah, it's a series on on Disney Plus. They're making Secret Invasion a TV show instead of their next Infinity Gauntlet. Think about that. Well. Here's the thing. It's it's an interesting premise. Now that they've let the genie out of the bottle, where they've shown that all these characters are just basically a phone call away from each other, coming up with the next solo Marvel character film is going to be an uphill battle. And that's just my opinion. Because... Agreed. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're just so... you Like, even if you look at the slate of upcoming films, it's like... You've got Scarlet Witch in Doctor Strange. You've got Doctor Strange in the next Spider-Man. You've got yeah. multiple Spider-Men in the next Spider-Man. And fans are just going to get used to that. So I think that a nice little holdover after Black Widow is to say, all right, we're going to give these Marvel characters limited series. I don't think any of these shows are going to be like longer than eight episodes like Mandalorian. Well, we're going to give Don Cheadle the Armor Wars. We're going to give Ironheart her own show. So they can like kind of build these characters up, see what works well, and then move them over to the big screen if they if they work well enough. When a big screen exists again. <laughs> yeah, agreed. And, you know, I think that's the right approach of like, let's do this a little differently now. Yeah. Because we already have that formula of, yes, we know it works, but, like, will it work for what we're doing now? I mean, Disney Plus is changing the whole game anyway. Yeah. But, I mean, as, um, a, as a Marvel... For, for releasing things. As an MCU fan, it is exciting to realize yeah. that, yes, we're getting Falcon and Winter Soldier, but you never know who can show up on there. Like, literally, the oh, sky yeah. is the limit. They have so many... Marvel actors on the payroll now with all these miniseries and all these movies, they could pay somebody to just come in for a day and film a scene. And it's perfectly kept under wraps. I'm hoping for Fozzie Bear. (laughs) I I want this crossover to finally happen. This is my, like, when Patton Oswalt is talking about, like, 
and we have Star Wars <laughs> crossing over with the MCU. I'm like, listen, what if we get the Henson universe crossover with the MCU? Yes. You know you want it. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Who wouldn't? I mean, come on. Animal and the Hulk hanging out. Kermit hanging out with Captain America. We all want to I mean, see it. It's perfect. It's perfect. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I want that crossover. All right. So that was a lot. That was a whole lot of announcements, of news. And I'm sure there's some things I left out. But I'm asking our listeners right now. Let us yeah. know what you are most excited about from this spate, from this just behemoth of announcements that we've made. Did we leave out one of your favorites? Did we mention something that you're excited about? Let us know. Let us know why you're excited about it. I'm I wanna, sure we did because there's so <laughs> many things. I want to share your excitement. Jesus. Do you just want to see Camille Nanziani on screen with his rippling muscles finally after all this time? I know I do. So what are you excited about, folks? We want to hear it. Agreed. So continuing movie news. Yeah. We've talked about the Mission Impossible movies. Yes. How they're like, they're a lot of fun. Pro these movies, everything like that. Um, They're making Mission Impossible 7 right now. Mm-hmm. They're filming right now with COVID and everything going on. Did you hear about this Tom Cruise? People are calling it an incident. Uh, I heard about did you it. Hear, did you hear this, the actual dialogue? And did you? What do you know about it? Basically? I heard. I heard the whole thing. I heard. Okay. I, I've seen it framed, but yes, I've heard the whole thing. Okay. Good. Um. Where was the fucking lie? That's what I want to know. Because I feel like media is framing it like this is a Christian Bale type of situation yeah. where he's blowing up on on uh, the crew in a in a you know obnoxious actor prestige bullshit kind of way. Um, when what he's saying is we are in a very risky situation and a lot of jobs and livelihoods and lives are depending on you to do your job a very particular fucking way right now. And he's basically like, we've fought really hard to get this going. Don't fuck it up or I'll fire you. And I don't disagree with him at all. He's trying to make sure that everybody on set understands that this is a risky business that they're involved in and they need to straighten up. Oh, Jesus, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Listen, we are living in days of thunder. That's right. But... Soon I mean, it'll be far, far away. We're so close to the edge of tomorrow. We just need to see it to the finish line. And then we can get back to, you know, he's just asking for a few good men to it step up. It seems like an impossible mission, but <laughs> I think we can do it. That's right. That's right. I think if we get some cocktails, I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> I mean, look, if you can't do it for the color of money, just do it so we can get to the other side of this rain, man. That's all I ask. Interview with a vampire. Yeah. All right, I'm done. I'm just, just gotta, just gotta pull all the right moves. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but yes, I, I, I don't know how to work that one in. <laughs> I completely agree with that you. The last, that was the last one I could think of. Jerry Maguire. <laughs> Jerry Maguire. <laughs> I'll say this. <laughs> I'll say this. Look, we all know that Tom Cruise is batshit insane. We all know that he is far from the best human being in the world. We all know that Scientology is the second worst cult, as I mentioned earlier today. It is the second worst cult in existence. Do not say the first worst cult. (laughs) (laughs) We'll leave that to your imagination. But what I'm getting at 
is the fact that, you know, he can be right. You know, people want to criticize the way he said what he said. People want to, uh, you know, like you said, compare it to the Christian Bale scenario. There was no lie in what he was saying. This isn't just. I see those two things as totally different, Absolutely. even though the tone was the same. Because that's what that's what the tabloids wanted you to to equate it to. It's like, oh, wacky Tom Cruise yeah. is at it again. Like, no, okay, this is a man who, like a lot of us, is stressed out about the job that he has. And understandably, yeah. yes, he has taken great lengths. We talked about this a couple of months ago on the show. He's taken great yeah. lengths to keep his uh, his cast and crew sequestered, keep them healthy. Yeah. Make sure that they're taken care of, and if they're not practicing the, uh, you know, the the proper, uh, you know, health code that he set the, up, the ghost protocols, the ghost protocols, then, <laughs> I mean, hell, Jesus Christ, give me so, credit for that one. Come yeah, on, no, that's a high five. That's a high <laughs> five right there. But yeah, he, he, understandably, he's stressed out, and I mean, he, what what he said rang true, where he's like, look, the entire movie industry is on my shoulders right now. I go to bed. And I have nightmares about the insurance and having to uphold all of this and keeping everybody healthy. Can you imagine what he's going through? I mean, any director. Let's say it's your favorite I do, director. I do. Wait, he's directing this movie? No, I'm sorry. I got mixed up. But I'm saying it, it, this is his he's baby. He's probably producing it. He's producing it. Yeah. I mean, if not more important. Yeah. We know that these these Mission Impossible films only happen because he has such a love of that franchise. Yep. You know, so. 100%. Everybody, everybody that is currently working and then talking about how people are losing their homes out there because they can't work. And here they are endangering the cast and crew because they just won't put on a fucking mask or something like, come on. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I want to say that that like they already got shut down once. And that's a part of why he also lost it Mm -hmm. for full context. Yeah. It is not. It's directed by Christopher McGuire. Okay. It's set for November of next year. Christopher parentheses Jerry McGuire. Yes. Yes. See, yes. we figured it out. We found a way to work it in. Congratulations. Yes. But yeah, I mean, he did lose it. Yeah. Like, I, I won't deny that he did yell and everything like that. And I am not a fan of that type of. I, I'm not a big fan of that type of, of, leadership. That type of yelling and everything. Yeah. No, I, I don't think it's good leadership in the grand scheme of things. However, in this particular instance, it might have been the thing that needed to be done. Um, I'm also very surprised. The crew must have been very pissed at him for release because they released this. Yeah. Someone was mad at him and released this audio. Like it sounded like I don't he was think talking. It makes him look bad. No, but it sounded like he was talking to three people, you know, because he kept going, you and you and you, just like, or yes. maybe it was a crowd of folks. I don't know. But, yeah. You know, I mean, when you're when you're making a thing like this, you are going to have a crowd of people. There's mm-hmm. always going to be a crowd of people there. Yeah. Um, that's just how film sets work. Even small film sets, you're going to have quite a few people on on uh, on the, the sta- soundstage or whatever. Um, but yeah, as angry so as he was. There quite a few people there. As angry as he was, he still wasn't as demeaning and belittling as Christian Bale. No, he wasn't even calling the, like he wasn't calling them any names or nope. anything. He was just like this behavior. He was really 
it, it was interesting, an interesting look, I think, into the, the psyche of Tom Cruise. And I also think this could be, the context could be like, Tom Cruise could be a very good person had he, has his, you know, had he not had the influence of Scientology that inflated his ego. Right. To an, which was probably already pretty big, to a horrible level. Um, and that, you know, he was, he, like, I, I'd imagine this is the type of mentality that he had when he was, like, parenting his kids and stuff like that. Mm, um, that uh, oh. he, 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 what? No, I'm just, I'm, I'm grimacing at that idea. Like, that's awful. No, 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 no. Listen, just hold on. It's sure. not, I'm not saying he's yelling okay. that way. I'm saying that he's approaching the behavior is the problem, not the person is the problem, so to speak. Okay. Which that core, that the, the, the point that I'm making is the core idea there is good. It's how you do it that's mm. bad. And on 99% of the time, yelling is bad like this, <laughs> I yeah. think, personally. Yeah. Um, however, in this particular situation, I understood it and it was almost cathartic to listen to it. It felt like how, like, we've all fought in the past however many months now. Yeah, man. Shoot. Well, Scarlett Johansson almost got an award for yelling in the marriage story, so I don't know. Same, same, you know. Definitely not. No. But, okay. yeah. <laughs> no. Right. I mean, it makes Tom Cruise look bad, but I don't understand why. <laughs> like, <laughs> I still don't. <laughs> like, I, I, I hear these stories, and I, I can clearly see that they're trying to make him look bad in the reporting and, and sharing of this and everything. And I'm like, but how? Because it's easy to punch down at Tom Cruise. Because, you know, like I said, all the, the couch guy. all the actual crappy stuff about him, it's easy to lump that in yeah. and just say, hey, look, man, you're a terrible person. Scientology's bad. Uh, in fact, it's uh, it should be criminal. And, uh, you know, the couch jumping was kind of weird. And, oh, yeah, you basically mistreated both of your wives. And that's just fucked up. Um, well, he definitely abandoned his kid. Yeah. Place. Yeah. Like, just, in, unfortunately, that all ties back into the whole Scientology thing. You know? Yeah, yeah. Meaning the kid that he had with Katie Holmes. Right. Which, it, I think, in the grand scheme of things, it sounds like is much better off with her. Yeah. Just... just with her mom and separated from him. So, yeah, I mean, I understand there's, there's a lot there that you can rightfully criticize about him, but the frustration of a man that's trying to keep people working and healthy. I mean, maybe let that one slide, you know? Yeah, I, I completely agree. At the very least, I think we let it slide. Yeah. Yeah. If I mean, not go, <laughs> he's right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, I mean, we've all been burnt out. So, I, I totally get it. I totally get it. Uh, I'm really fucking burnt out right yeah. now. Let's do sure. Wall of Weird. <laughs> so, our Wall of Weird, I meant, I didn't mean this very minute. I meant, like, in general. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, just wanted to clarify. Uh, so, uh, this Wall of Weird is uh, from John Craig, just basically saying... We forgot a monolith. <laughs> <laughs> monolith so, cast is back, y'all. 
Monolith Cast is back. John Craig sent us an article. This was so helpful. It's from I don't know what this website is, IndiaTimes.com. India yes. But but they did a timeline of the monolith. So alright. Our timeline of the monolith. So we can keep track of the monoliths because this story's fucking weird. And I mean, we're just gonna keep talking about it. It keeps happening, so we're just gonna keep talking about it. November eighteenth. Um, is the first monolith routine survey. Remember, they're in Utah. It pops up. They see this 12-foot statue, and it goes viral, everything like that. Uh, Then it was November 27th. Unknown party removed it from that same area. Yeah. All right. This website has a lot of pop-ups and, oh, and stuff, so you got to be patient with me. Oh. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Two. Romania. The day the Utah monolith disappeared, a second monolith appeared in uh, in Romania. It uh, disappeared December first. There were some differences. Uh, it about. Um, it is about 10 feet tall instead mm-hmm. of 12 feet tall. It was covered in those little circles. Remember how we said it was different, where right. the Utah one was smooth? Yeah. And then it, you know, like I said, disappeared. All right. Next one. California. <laughs> one day after the second monolith disappeared, which is the monolith in Romania, a third one appeared in on on top of Pine Mountain in California. Ten feet tall, eighteen inches wide. Um what? Okay. However, this one was torn down by a group of young men who replaced the metal structure with a wooden cross. Yeah, that's not what the aliens want, man. Back off. Okay, so clearly and we don't know where that one came from. Clearly, uh, the religious zealots uh, did not like this monolith. All right. Four. Another monolith was discovered. <laughs> Downtown Las Vegas. Now, this one I hadn't heard about at all. Like, this is my first time hearing Had about either. the Vegas monolith. That's why John Craig sent it to us, I believe. Because he's like, you forgot one. (laughs) Yes, John Craig. A Fremont Street Experience spokesperson said that the team first noticed the object in its down uh, on downtown Las Las Vegas, Nevada, on Fremont Street Experience. Um, Early morning Friday, but no further immediate information was available. So, like, this just appeared in this, like, uh, Fremont Street experience, whatever this is, in Let me downtown tell you. Vegas. So Fremont Fremont Street is yeah. basically old Vegas. So all like the older casinos and stuff like that oh, are there, gotcha. but it has a dome. Like I shouldn't even say a dome. It has like a an enclosure over the street. That's like an LED screen. It's always on. It's always active. There's always music playing. But what fathoms what what, what just like blows me away about this is that. Having been to Fremont Street and having like been on Fremont Street at 5 a.m., uh, yeah. there's still people there. So someone would have had to right. seen this put up, and nobody said anything. Nobody said what they saw. 
except when they Nobody finally discovered it. They can't find anyone who saw anything. That's the people that wild. work there were like, this just appeared. <laughs> that is okay. wild. Okay. Five. We're on five, guys. This is the fifth one. The Netherlands. The Netherlands. This is the one to be worried about the most. Another another metal monolith was discovered, this time in the Dutch Nature Reserve overlooking an icy puddle. Local media reported that there were no footprints leading up to the object. It's unclear how it arrived. Still there. I mean, you want to talk about, like, you know, metal monoliths found in the Netherlands. There are countless metal bands that are formed there. But this monolith came out of the blue. No one saw it yeah. happen. England, another monolith, was found on the Isle of Wight. I believe this is the one we did last week. Yeah. A um, group of people were walking their dog, discovered the strange object on the island's Compton Beach early in the morning. Now it's this around one, 10 feet tall. <laughs> yeah, this one looks like one of the, uh, the crystals from Superman's uh, Fortress of Solitude from the 70s movies. This one might have been the one that was claimed. One of these was claimed by an artist. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Uh, that one's still up. It's eight feet tall. <clears throat> Colorado. Colorado. This is eight. We're at eight right now. Colorado witnessed numerous monoliths, and they were spotted in. Oh God, Ch- Chattanooga Park. Sorry, Chicago guys. In Park. South Boulder. Yeah. Chicago Park. Um. And it says that there are two sightings that could have been the same monolith, which may have been moved. Which, what the fuck? Right, right. It's not a very heavy monolith. It says one of these was in front of McDevitt Taco Supply. So, somebody was like, I'm going to get a monolith. I'm going to get some tacos. Kill two birds with one stone. Everything like Right. This one is clearly they're trying to promote their shit. Right. That one. Like, I feel like a lot of Uh, these, as we go down the list, it's just like... Hey, why don't we put one of those up? Bring some attention to our town. Our right. Businesses. So there are nine total. There are two more left, and it looks like they're it's people trying to lure people into like an area. Yeah, America has um, way too many of these. It's nine, eight, and nine. So there are nine total, and the, these last two are people put these up to promote their business or whatever it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, across from like a pizza place or like Matt said in front of this uh, this shop, um, and that those two were in Pittsburgh and then El Paso, and that's it. That's all of them. That's a lot. That's a lot, that's a man. Lot. One of those was claimed by an artist. I know yes. that. Yes, yeah, we we touched on that previously. Um, all the way back to the Utah one, I wanted to point out that someone did um, fess up to removing it at least. Uh, Sylvan oh, okay. Slacks. It says uh, he's a uh, an adventure. That guide. is not a real name. Good lord, <laughs> that sounds like a name that they made up for Parks and Rec. <laughs> Sylvan Slacks, <laughs> Sylvan <laughs> California. Uh, says they claim they removed the monolith from the desert on November 27th, and apparently even filmed themselves doing so. And there is a link to the Sylvan Slacks Instagram account there. Uh, it was reportedly then replaced with a small pyramid, of all things. So, yeah. Yeah, why not? So, yeah, 
That's monolith updates, guys. Monolith news. Crazy shit. Thanks for that, John Craig. Yeah, that that's very helpful. That's a huge help. That's and a great article. You know, we've we've gotten so much saturation in the monolith market lately. I don't know if we'll ever get to the bottom of what really happened with that first one. Uh, maybe the second one. But yeah, all these uh, all these uh, hangers on, all these wannabe monoliths. Yeah. Yeah. You're, Agreed. You're, you're clouding the message, guys. Mm-hmm. Come on. Right. Like, something ain't right with this. Mm. <laughs> I admire and appreciate all the monoliths that went up with the, the mirror sides, where somebody not only had to install the monolith, but then dust it off, and then get in there with, like, a, a, a chamois, and wipe it down, maybe wax it a little bit, make it shiny again. And then remove your footprints. Also that, yes. How? What? <laughs> All right. You Aliens. Weirdos. Aliens, man. So yeah, we'll give sure. you more monolith news as it happens. Obviously. God, I, I, I just, I want to know like answers. I'm yes. tired of it just being this like in between, guys. Someone exposed the monoliths. That sounded gross. <laughs> in this Vegas picture, it looks like there is a dancer in the reflection of the monolith possibly exposing themselves. So, you know, they might have beat you to the punch on that one. I I appreciate that Vegas is still Vegas, even in COVID times. Absolutely. Yeah. You remember- I don't actually appreciate it because, you know, <laughs> pandemic, but it's nice to know that some things remain. Yeah. Yeah. Some things never change. Um. There's a little bonus headline for Wall of Weird. I'll give you this. Mm. Uh, Dem lawmaker says he owes Hammers an apology after calling DeVos dumb as a bag of hammers. Wow. That is a beautiful headline. Wow. <laughs> I once took Apologize heat for... Apologize to the Hammers. I once took world. heat for calling Betsy DeVos dumb as a bag of hammers, but after her four years as our education secretary, <laughs> I now realize an apology is owed to Hammers. <laughs> Fantastic. Beautiful. Who was that? Who that was that? Uh, Representative Jerry... Uh, sorry, Jared Huffman. Okay. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Great uh, insult. Solid burn. <laughs> Jerry. The representative Jared. from California, Jared Huffman. Thank you for that quote. So, yeah. So good. Wall of Weird, everybody. And, of course, send your Wall of Weird stories to us. We are Lex yes. and Matt. We are all over the social medias, as you well know. Thank you guys for all the interaction over these past few months. It has kept us happy and entertained. And we hope that we've done the same for you. It sounds like we're signing off for the last time, but no, we're just getting started with the rock and roll, everybody. Thank you for listening so far. We're going to keep on coming with the good stuff. Yeah. Tell your friends. Make them listen. That's right. Force them to listen. (laughs) Make it weird. Come on. Come on. You know you want to. Well, you can start putting strangleholds on people again. Get them strangleholds in play. I want to see like a nice like. Ooh, no. (laughs) Do not sue us. We did not say that. Oh, no. No. Allegedly. <laughs> Whatever legal things we have to say. I, no. The metaphorical headlock about, is what no. I'm talking about. You know, it could be a nice hug. It could be a hearty handshake. You know, it, whatever. A consensual hug lock. Yes. <laughs> yes. That sort of thing. So, yeah. Consensual um, touch. <laughs> always All consensual. Right, 100%. 100% yes. consensual. Yes. Sign contracts beforehand. 
just like that's, the Chappelle. That's what we're saying. That's right. You get yes. the you get your you get your legal documents out. You yep. got to have a witness, you know, and then yep. just send them on their merry way. But after that, game yep. on. Have fun. Or let them watch. You hey. know, if that's your thing. Hey, hey. you can. Have... Who am I to judge? You can Who am I to judge? Huh? Yeah, you might oh. want to keep the notary around oh just to make sure everything's legally on the up and up, and uh, you know, whatever you're into. It's all you saw. It's your thing. Whatever. You know, just let them watch a little bit. He's a notary. Nothing fun ever happens. He's got a very boring job. Give him a tip this time. Just a tip. Just, Just a little tip. tip. <laughs> I'm Matt Peters. And I'm Lex Lutz. Be excellent to each other, everyone. Yes. Bye.